Hello and welcome along to the Profit Podcast again. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Paul Campy. I'm your host and I normally have a co-host, Matt Robinson. He's not here today, so it gives me a chance to do a bit of a solo episode. Um, first of all, thanks for everybody who does listen to the podcast and we hope it provides you with plenty of value on your, your journey as a coach of PT. Um, big shout to Germany this week because we've got our first listener from Germany. We have listeners from different parts of the world, which is amazing to me that people are tuning in from America and, and Dubai and places like that. And I just noticed this week that we have our first listener from Germany. So I hope you're enjoying it. Um, so this week I wanted to do something solo um, that I can talk about in depth and we're going to keep it fairly short. We want to do these solo episodes or these ones where it's just me and Matt to be pretty concise, um, hopefully with some takeaway information. So I'm going to give you six tips that I've learned along the years that cross over from different roles that a lot of you will probably have in your lives. And, and three roles that I certainly have is being a parent, being a coach and being a leader. I think we're all leaders. I don't think you kind of have a leadership role given to you. I think um, I don't think it's like a, a, a position. I think we're all leaders of our own lives and we're all leaders of the people that we influence around us. But I get that maybe some people have roles that require specific leadership qualities, like maybe you manage a team or an organization or something like that. And these are three roles that I play full on in my life. I have two young boys. I coach a lot of clients directly. And then I have leadership roles as well, which means that I have a, a large group of people that I actually have to lead and impact and influence and I wanted to talk about the six things that I've learned over the years that really come into play if you want to if you want to do well in these three roles. So I hope this helps. Let's get stuck into it. Right. So first of all, my first top tip for this is that you you work with people in all three of those positions, whether you're parenting, coaching, or leading. You are working with people. You're not working with robots or machines. <laughs> something that you're going to tell it to do something and it's going to hit the same note every single time. And that that's the first point I really wanted to make. Uh, as a young coach, I made that error countless times. I thought what would work for client A would 100% work for client B. Why wouldn't it? I found the magic formula. And very similar with my children, what, what I thought, well, if it works for, for child A, why wouldn't it work for child B? And it just doesn't work like that. You have to understand that one of your biggest tools you're going you're gonna to use in any of those roles is behavioral flexibility. So that would be my first top tip on this. Behavioral flexibility is the ability to, to adapt to whatever's coming in front of you and to understand that human beings are complex, they're, they're multidimensional, they have lots of different things going on in their lives. They have different influences in their, their peer groups, their upbringings, their social influences. So it's just to, to keep that in mind that it's, it's such an important thing to have behavioral flexibility. And I've always thought of it as three key things that we're made up of. You have your psych profile, your psychological profile, which tends to be, or your psychometric profile, which tends to be who you are, um, but at your very core, what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I'll, I'll come on to that a little bit more in one of my other points. You have your IQ, which is your ability to take on information, how in, intelligent you are in inverted commas. But it's basically your ability to take on information. And then you have your EQ, 
which is your emotional intelligence, your ability to influence, to listen, to understand, empathize, all those kinds of things. So those three things are largely what skill set we would need to work with people. Now, your IQ and your psych profile are pretty much set. In other words, you can't impact or influence them too much. So these things are who you are. Like You're not going to change them too much. If your IQ is really, really high, it's going to stay high. And if your IQ is in the middle, it's going to stay in the middle. You can't really impact it too much. The one that you can have a lot of influence over is your emotional intelligence. You can do a hell of a lot of learning in that area and you can improve it and you can get better. And the more you do, the better that will allow you to coach, to lead, to parent. Some would say those three th- those things are, are all the same thing. So once again, we've recommended this in the past, but one book I would 100% get hold of is Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury and Gene Greaves. One of the best books I've read, very easy read and a really good introduction to emotional intelligence if you've never tackled that topic. Okay, the second thing. So you work with people, number one. Number two, be curious. Be as curious as you possibly can. Have an investigative mind and understand that new discovery is a great thing. Learning that you have no idea what you're doing sometimes is a really, really great place to be. It's uncomfortable, but you learn a hell of a lot. And it, learning to embrace that is, is something that you've got to lean into. As soon as you start to feel uncomfortable, lean into it. I can't tell you the amount of times that over the years I've thought, I've cracked this, I've got it. Whether that was working with clients or I was in a position of leadership and I thought, oh, I can relax now, everything's great. Or whether I'd kind of gone, how many times I've said this as a parent, oh, I feel like we've really got a hold of this parenting thing. Just around the corner is a new challenge waiting to show itself. And once you understand that that is how it works, that's life, whether you're in a a position of work or whether you're coaching clients or whether you're raising your kids, you you have never cracked it. You have never and will never crack it. There's always something else that's going to surprise you. And as soon as you start to realize that and embrace it, that's the point, that you really embrace it then you will have a much more successful and fulfilled life and a much more happier life as well. Uh, one thing I'd recommend with that, so I mentioned about psychometric profiles, and again, we've, we've talked in the past about figuring out your strengths and weaknesses. And if you go to www.gallup.com and do their Strength Finder assessment, it'll cost you about $20, but it'll give you your top five psychometric strengths. Now, the reason why that's that's good in terms of being curious, in terms of leaning into uncomfortable situations and new learnings is it will give you your top five strengths, which, but it'll also tell you when, when will these strengths become positive for you and when potentially could they be negative. So let me give you an example of that. So one of mine is independence. So I'm fiercely independent. Some of that in my background, you know, I was put into that position as a, fairly smallish child and I won't go into that today but that's where some of that was built and that I'm very uh, very good at looking after myself and looking after other people around me and I will take a lot of stuff on and, and I'll get it done I will always get it done where that can become a weakness is I'm not so good at asking for help and that is something that I've had to learn to lean into over the years I've had to learn to 
um, be humble and understand that asking for help isn't something to be ashamed of. And, you know, people will help and that they will see that as, as a great positive thing. And uh, that that's something that I've had to discover by understanding who I am, where my strengths lie, but also where those strengths could become weaknesses. And therefore, they will probably feel uncomfortable to me. Um, so I would recommend going and doing that and figuring out, well, what are my strengths? What, where could they be a weakness? And if I know that, how do I gradually expose myself to situations where those weaknesses, I can lean into them, I can try a little bit. And I think that's the key is that you're never going to dive in two feet first. You're probably more likely to give it a little go, have a go, see how it is, learn from it, get some positive feedback, and then do it again and do it again and do it again and do it again. It's a skill, right? Okay, so that's the second one. Be curious. Lean into those difficult situations. Number three, and this one took me a long, long time. I would say probably this was more from the parent inside rather than the work side of things. Um, but I did hear somebody talk about this really recently. James Timpson, who owns the key and shoe place that you see absolutely everywhere, right? I heard him talk on a podcast about this recently, and I think he, I think he's nailed it in terms of, um, you know, leading people, managing people, helping clients and, and being a parent as well. Is The third thing is, I would say, don't have too many rules, don't have too many rules. And I would, I would rather call these boundaries than rules. So um, if you have to, to raise a child or, or manage a team or something like that, obviously rules are important. Obviously you cannot do it without with zero rules. You have to have some healthy boundaries in there. Otherwise your kids aren't going to be safe. Otherwise people aren't going to feel certain or, or, or protected at work in order to do their best work but don't get stuck and bogged down in rules i think sometimes we can overkill that thinking that we need to give it rule 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 rule, rule that otherwise people aren't going to know what they're doing put your trust in people really really put your trust in people i've always noticed that when i do that and i give people healthy boundaries they thrive they do their best work and they actually you know, really appreciate the fact that you you saw the best in them and that you trusted that they could do it, that's reciprocated then. They tend to work harder for you. They tend to want to do a better job. They tend to want to, to please you more if it's your child. So the number three would be you don't have too many rules. And um, James Timpson, who I was listening to, has two rules. They have 4,500 staff in their business, and he has two rules. Put the money in the till and look the part. Apart from that, people can run their store as they want to do it. And I, I thought that was amazing when I heard it. Um, a caveat to that, if you have rules, you must enforce them hard. So if you only have a couple of rules like that, or three or four rules for your kids or whatever, those boundaries have to be enforced hard. You have to make sure that if it is broken, you stamp on it quick. You make sure you're in there quickly. So this isn't being soft. Don't confuse this with being soft. It's being, uh, it's giving people the environment to go and express themselves and giving them your trust and understanding that they are human beings and that they can do a good job when given the correct environment. So believing in them. But if they do break a boundary, you come down hard, right? I'll just caveat that with the, that last point. Okay, a few more. 
This one might seem pretty obvious. Number four, you win together, you lose together. Um, and we have I've been fortunate enough to be in a position where we had 162, 163 trainers in our company. Um, and we had to manage those guys and over a good number of years. And there, there was a hell of a lot of times when, you know, we, we had some great, amazing times and we had some big victories, but we also had some down times and that's inevitable. And when those things happen, you have to celebrate every single victory together. You have to make sure because nothing, nothing's worse than winning, turning, looking around and there's nobody around there to celebrate with you. Uh, when you, when you win big, you magnify that feeling by sharing it with others. So whenever there is a victory, make sure that you are sharing it with uh, as much enthusiasm and passion as possible. No matter how small those victories are, get into the habit of when there's a win, you know, when your kid does a great spelling test, when one of your clients reaches a milestone, when one of your teammates achieves their first sale or something like that, make sure that you, you praise it. You praise success as quickly as possible and you celebrate with them and you teach them to celebrate as well. Likewise, when there's a loss, when something doesn't go so well, you know, be that arm around the shoulder, be there to support, don't go missing. Make sure that you're there to pick them back up and you're there to get them back on the journey and help them understand that it's, you know, you're going to fail forwards. All we're, all we're doing here is learning as we go. So if we fail, we fail forwards. We make sure that we get back up, we learn from it and we, we move on to the next challenge. So I would say lose together, win together. The win together one, I'm just going to put a bit more emphasis on because too often people miss that. Too often people, when good work happens, they just assume, well, you know, that's great, but I don't really need to celebrate that. We do, we do, we do, we do. You want more of that behavior. Okay, point five, communication. You must always learn to be improving your communication. And um, what I mean by this is your vocabulary. And... Um, I'll use parenting as an example in this. I'm an, I'm an adoptive parent. I think I've mentioned this two or three times previous, but we adopted our two young boys and that was a completely alien world to me. And um, I've compared it in some ways to learning a new language in that I've had to learn a whole new vocabulary for what the adoptive world is um, because I had no frame of reference. It, it was literally like speaking French. So when I got involved in that world, I, I didn't know the language. I didn't know the reference points. I didn't understand the background to it. I had no context. And it took a lot of hard work, a lot of reading a lot of books, a lot of going on courses, a lot of meeting other adoptive parents and, and just immersing myself in that world and obviously learning on the job to start to expand my vocabulary enough so that I could become a, a better adoptive parent. And I'm still learning. And I think I think that's something to uh, to embrace as well is you know try and get as much exposure to different styles, different backgrounds, different cultures. Um, if you're in a leadership position, say in something like fitness, so you manage a PT team right now, go and try different industries. We've mentioned this before. Go and get some contacts. Go and try some different things. Travel obviously broadens that immensely. It gives you a whole new perspective and a whole new appreciation as well. If you've only ever lived in Britain, you don't understand some of the benefits that we have in the UK, some of the different cultural aspects that we're exposed to and that influence us. So go and try something different. So with communication, it's not so much about the, 
you know, obviously you're always going to work on your own communication, but I would say expand your vocabulary and you will always become a better communicator. And you do that through exposure. You just do that through exposure. Last one I'm going to leave you with today, and then uh, I'm going to wrap this podcast up. So the last one I'm going to leave you with is to set an example. Might seem extremely obvious, this one, Um, but people learn from what you do. They don't learn from what you say. So if you are preaching about setting behavioral standards and, and personal boundaries and communication and your own values and living those to the max, you better be doing it. So your, your schedule, your diary, everything should be set up to be that example. If you want your kids to exercise each day, you need to be exercising each day. If you want your kids to eat healthy foods, you need to be doing that as well. If you want your kids to be taking risks and being good communicators, then show them how to do it. Be that example each day. Certainly in a leadership role, you need to be doing that. And obviously with coaching clients, they're going to be looking at how you present yourself. And, you know, the little one percenters matter here, little details, little things that you know will be important to teach these lessons across to people and get them right as often as you possibly can. You're going to make the odd mistake, but if you're hitting 80, 90% of the time, you're hitting these little details, then you will have a massive impact on people. So number six, I would say is be the example. All right. So I'm just going to recap those really quickly. And this is all about being a better parent, a better coach and a better leader. And to be honest, I think all those three roles in in mix a little bit and uh, in some ways are the same thing. But here's my top six tips for being more effective in those areas. First of all, remember you work with people. Remember that you are working with people, work on your behavioral flexibility, improve that as often as you can. Number two, be curious, be an investigative mind. And the way you do that is by understanding where your weaknesses could lie and leading into them as often as possible. Number three, don't have too many rules. Don't have too many. Decide on the important ones. Try and keep it to a minimum number. When you need to, enforce them boundaries hard. But apart from that, put your trust in people, put your belief in people, let them grow. Number four, win together, lose together. If somebody succeeds, celebrate the hell out of that and teach them to celebrate it as well. Because people are notoriously not great at patting themselves on the back. So be that person who's there to go, that was great, well done, let's celebrate, let's go and have a milkshake or something like that. Because you can get a spelling test right. Like Really make sure they understand how good that is and to reward themselves every time that they do something well. And likewise, when people don't do so well and they're struggling, pick them up, put an arm around them, be there to support. Number five, communication. Expand your vocabulary by exposing yourself to things that are uncomfortable to you and you don't understand. Those will massively help you to communicate better with others and give you more context and give you more language to be able to do so. And number six, be the example. Make sure that you set an example. Whatever you're asking other people to do, please display that on a day-to-day basis. Don't just ask them to do it. Okay, guys, I hope that's been super useful and uh, you take something away from that. It will be Matt flying solo on an episode next week as I am taking a week off. And 
other than that, make sure you check us out. If you have any questions, you go to at Matt Robinson PT and you can see all the sound bites of the podcast there and ask any questions that you want to. Please feel free to message on Instagram. That would be great. And also, if you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review because that does help us get the word out to everybody. And please refer to your friends if you're enjoying it as well and ask them to come and have a listen. All helps us get the message out. Other than that, I will leave you in the capable hands of Matt next week and see everybody in two weeks' time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.